I know I've had the experience, and maybe all Christians have, of been, uh, being simply in wonder at the fact that so many people don't believe in Jesus. It's like, how are these people getting up in the morning? What are they thinking about? How do they live? How do they live without Christ? But this season, this very season of Advent, is precisely in order to, for us to cultivate this question itself. What is it in our humanity, about our humanity, that Christ comes and answers? Why is it that we need salvation in the first place and that we find such a fulfillment in Christ? I remember being in eighth grade and just beginning to deepen these questions myself. And I was shocked at the fact that we had to wake up every day and go to school. And I, because I hated to go to school. So I went to my friends and I said, guys, how is it that you're able to get up every morning and go to school? And they kind of looked at me like I was the strange one. And they were like, well, this is just um, what we're supposed to do. So, yeah, we want good jobs. I was like, are you serious? In eighth grade, they're like thinking about their future jobs. And I was like, that's enough for you? I remember just being floored. So then I remember my first year in college at UCF where there was many people. And so the free speech lawn was a place of just lots of different opinions. And I remember the evangelicals being out there trying to convince people of their need for Christ. They do things like, you know, have you ever, uh, have you ever stolen anything? Yeah, well, you're a thief and a sinner and you're meant to die. And that's why Christ will come, you know, have you ever told a lie? Well, maybe a small one. That makes you a liar and deserving of death and only Christ can save you. You know, this whole thing. And I remember this one, you know, atheist getting in a shouting match with them. And because uh, the evangelicals were like, you know, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And this guy came back and he says, Jesus saves me from what? From what does Jesus save me? And I said, what a very good and clear question. And this is that question. If people don't know for what Jesus saves, then how could they ever care about Jesus? Or then soon before I became a priest, I was going to hang out with a group of friends, you know, worldly friends. And this guy was always there, this one very smart uh, atheist. Uh, I remember he would publicly make fun of his girlfriend because she was a Christian. But he liked to talk to me because I'm interested in uh, physics and this kind of stuff. And I remember he told me why he was an atheist. He said, well, I was a little kid. I was on my way home from school and I wanted a bicycle. So I said, God, give me a bicycle. And he said, when he got home, there was no bicycle. So he said, well, there's no God. And I said, I cannot tell if you're joking or not. But that is the most superficial, humanly speaking view I've, I've ever heard. This is why oftentimes we have to do the work to say, well, Jesus isn't Santa Claus. God is not Santa Claus and he doesn't work like this. Although he was the guy that every single time I saw him, literally all he wanted to talk about was God. I said, for an atheist, you know, you're portraying a little bit of uh, something else going on there. You know, you want to talk about God more than my believing friends do. But you know about the secret? You've heard of the secret? This whole thing, it's all about, you know, manifesting your desires 
And if you just want something enough, then you know, reality will give it to you. Sort of like this bicycle scenario, which proves it wrong anyway. What is, it about, what, what is true about the secret that's so popular and, and what's false about it? Well, desiring something does not give it to you very clearly. But on the other hand, desiring something and looking for it will make it much more likely that you will find it. Such that if you're not looking for anything, it will be hard to see anything in your life. In other words, when I was first uh, given a proposal of getting a car, a vehicle, when I was a teen, I was kind of practically minded. I said, well, I want a Camry, Toyota Camry. I said, reliable. So now that I wanted a Camry, driving down the road, all of a sudden, I saw Camrys everywhere on the road. Whereas before, I hardly noticed them. Now, it wasn't that my desire for a Camry all of a sudden made appear Camrys all over the world. It was that because I wanted a Camry, now I was paying attention and I saw that they were there. And my friends, it's the same thing with Christ and salvation. If we're not interested in Christ, if we're not interested in salvation, then even when it comes, we won't be able to recognize it. This is the reason that God called the Jews in the first place to cultivate a people that would be desirous of salvation and would be looking for it so that they would be able to embrace it with open arms when it came. And this is why Jesus tells us to be awake because you do not know when that day of salvation will come. And we who have already met that day of salvation, who have already met Christ, should not then fall asleep because Christ always wants to come to us in ways that are unexpected. And so we as Christians are called to deepen, deepen, deepen our humanity, our nature, that nature to which grace comes to correspond and to fulfill, that nature to which Christ comes to save and to bring life to. Because without a deepening of that nature, without a deepening of the human question, then our fire for Christ, our love and desire for him will become weaker and weaker and weaker as the world becomes more and more powerful. So let us truly on this cool Sunday morning uh, be full of gratitude that the church offers us once again this opportunity of deepening our human questions so that come Christmas, our desire for Christ and our recognition of his good presence here will be truly aflame.